So welcome to another episode of Made in Chattanooga. I'm glad to have you listening in. My name is Maurice Fighter, and I'm a senior account executive here at VaynerMedia. And my name is Henley Schimpf. I am an account executive at VaynerMedia and also the producer of the Made in Chattanooga podcast. And we appreciate you all being with here with us today. And this is our 13th episode. Can't believe it. We are already in the teens and we are rocking the teens. Mm. And today our guest is Seth Hill from Sway with Two wise, and we are excited to have you here and to talk about the um, amazing company and products that you are working on, and just to hear a little bit more about your story. Yeah. So we thanks for inviting me. Yeah. It's fun. Never actually done something so official, so I feel really big now. Oh, uh, we're We've fine. We're just sitting on a couch by a pool. Mm-hmm. Picture it with me. Just it's the after the day after the Fourth of July, and we are just chilling like villains. Toes, toes, <laughs> toes in the pool because you know you're just. It's not too hot yet to jump totally in. Yeah. Uh, but with that visualization, so tell us a little bit about yourself. Like, what brought you to Chattanooga and, like, why you're still here? Yeah, so I came, my first interaction with Chattanooga was back in 2011. I graduated high school, went to school in North Carolina, um, applied for no other colleges. Uh, my, my high school actually made me apply to one college because I didn't believe in college and um, that's a whole nother thing in itself. I still am a little sour about college, but, um, applied for Southern Adventist University in Collegedale. They accepted me, which, you know, I guess really catapulted me into a whole new mindset in life. But yeah, I came here in 2011, went to school, finally graduated after taking a year off, um, spent five years on campus and graduated in 2017. During my college experience, that's when I actually started, started Sway. So Going through that, by the end of 2017, I was dating a girl for two and a half years. She's now my wife. Mm, um, a lot of girl. Always a girl. Yeah, that's right. It's always the girl. <laughs> yeah, honestly, there's two main factors that kept me in Chattanooga. So one is Sway, obviously. Um, I got really connected here the past last two years um, of my college career, if we want to call it that, um, my enslavement to debt. And... My wife, we just gotten married. Uh, we've been married for a year and like three weeks now. And Congrats. yeah, thank you. Thank you very much. She's a nurse at Memorial Hospital. Actually, today is her last day. She is moving on to a different type. She's maybe going to be doing some home health nursing. Yeah. So again, yeah, another question or another um, conversation in itself. But she was going to be working here and it just worked out. She's the main breadwinner. I'm doing Sway full time. I do a couple little things on the side, like uh, do advertising for a magazine and do pictures and video for a couple Chinese companies and their products. So yeah, crazy world. But yeah, that's kind of why I stayed. Good, good atmosphere, gig city, lots of entrepreneurial type of buzz going on. Sweet. So where did this whole idea for Sway start? So the idea for just the product, um, 2013, this was again back at Southern. I was about to go overseas to the Philippines for a year to be a, uh, what we call student missionary. So take a gap year and go and serve some kind of foreign um, country, city, and people. And me and some buddies decided to kick it off because we're all going to be going to different parts of the world. We go hammock camping on the Akoe. So that's a local lake not too far from here. Anyone from who's a Chattahooligan knows about good old Akoe. So I took an Eno hammock, uh, just a basic hammock and a basic sleeping bag, threw it in a canoe, and we paddled out to this island on the Akoe, hung it up, got my straps all connected, threw in my sleeping bag, and uh, went to sleep late July. And before, like, you know, taking a couple sways in that hammock, play on the word there. Mm-hmm. Um, 
because the ice bridges bore for the road effect, you have that air going underneath you and the compression of the insulation between my back and the hammock and then kind of sandwiching the insulation in that sleeping bag, I got what we call in the hammock and world CBS, which is cold butt syndrome. <laughs> so that's where the idea came from. I was like, guys, why has no one insulated hammocks before? And if they have, how come us, me, you, none of us have ever heard about it? So that's where the idea was really born. Okay. And I'm assuming since you hinted at it, the name comes from the movement? So it kind of works. Yeah, it's, it's kind of, I tend to make decisions really quickly. Um, and while I was walking on a university campus one day, I had this really inspiring conversation with one of my mentors. And he's like, you know, what's your idea? Pitch it to me. I didn't even know what a pitch was. So I ended up after he told me what a pitch was, like fumbling through this idea. And he's like, well, here's what we got to do. Go make a social media accounts, buy up, you know, the real estate, get a website and um, come up with a name. And you're legitimate at that point. I was like, yeah, totally. So I walked down out of the room and I'm thinking I'm like, hammocks, hammocks, hammocks. What do they do? And they sway. And I was like, oh, let's name it sway. So I was going to do S-W-A-Y. Um, and I'll go into your, you know, you said you were going to ask about the two Y's that kind of fits in here. I was going to do just SWAY.com, but I looked it up and Microsoft had squatted on the name because they have this new application that they added to their office suite called Sway. And I still could have like done Sway with one Y hammocks, but I just was like, oh, it's already taken. So I added another Y and come to find out it kind of works because it's easier to trademark. Um, it's not just a super basic word and people, it, it's engagement. So people always ask why two Ys and I can tell them the story and boom, hook, line, sinker, done. Done. So, uh, what's that? The actual Sway feature in Microsoft? I think, oddly enough, I think it's a, it's like a platform for pitching. Um, <laughs> yeah, kind of crazy enough. I'm about to Google this for a moment. Yeah, just Sway S W A Y dot com. It's fairly new. I don't actually know if they've actually released it like, like legitimately. Yeah. Hmm. So it's been now. What would you would you say? How long has this been a this idea been a passion of yours and how long has it been, if anything, legitimized of up and running? Yeah, I guess it depends on how you would define legitimized. Um, so in 2013, I had the idea, I came back 2014 and I didn't actually form the business probably till 2015, like legally. It was actually filed out in Denver, Colorado, because that's where my buddy was, uh, my partner at the time. He was there and um, he, I was, you know, very much the entrepreneur, just going to talk to people, a lot of business development, getting people excited about it. So he handled most of that, but our, um, our partnership ended up ending, um, about a year and a half ago, we started going different directions and then we dissolved it and refiled back in here, Tennessee. Um, so I learned all those ropes again and how to do it. But yeah, so I guess to make it really legitimate, I made my first prototype after an entrepreneurship class that I had in 2014. Um, I just started dating, who's now my wife. She had an uncle who just happened to be into outdoor hammock camping, did a lot of DIY, do-it-yourself projects, had a commercial sewing machine. At that time, like my buddy's, um, at the time, partner's friend, like he was a really prominent businessman, had been the CEO of Oakley Sunglasses for a while. And it, he was visiting the town um, where I was and he just wanted to say, hey, I pitched him the idea and he gave me some money basically after two weeks saying, hey, you and your, my son should partner on this and, you know, I'll give you some money. So I bought some materials, took it to my girlfriend's house over Thanksgiving break because she invited me and her uncle lived right down the road, had a commercial sewing machine. I locked myself in his attic, made a hammock over Thanksgiving break. It was horrendous. If any of you out there want to think about sewing, you should think again. 
Um, probably one of the hardest things I've ever had to do. I've never been so angry in my life, not even joking. Um, then I made another one over Christmas break. Then the next semester, my friend's dad, they flew me out to Washington State to meet with some potential manufacturers that were a third party that kind of um, liaisoned the relationship between manufacturer and brand. And they wanted, like, and they made us one free prototype, but then they asked for $15,000 to make another prototype. And I was like, well, we'll see you guys later. Um, see you in a couple of years? Yeah. So I started bouncing around the East Coast and looking for manufacturers. And, you know, there's a stigma like made in China. I'm kind of going off on a tangent here, but the made in China thing, like a lot of people are like, oh, it's junk. It must be made in China. And yeah, you can find a lot of junk, but let me just, let me ahead and step on my pedestal here. Um, you can find junk anywhere in the U.S., believe it or not. I've been to many manufacturers far and wide, and one, they, they all want you to hand everything to them on a silver platter. Um, they want like you to be doing at least 1,000 units a month in re- and not in revenue and volume for in actual pieces. And, you know, I bounced around. I finally met with this one manufacturer here in Dunlap, Tennessee, and um, they had been making parachutes for a military, um, Saudi Arabian military. They even did a project with Richard Branson. So I was like, yeah, this, this could be great. And I met with them, and after four months, I gave them two prototypes, one of each product that were basically production-ready, enough materials to make both products, drawings, videos, you name it. And granted, it's not everything wasn't perfect, but it was definitely enough, I thought. I show up for our, a face-to-face meeting after four months, and I get there, hour and a half drive, and I walk in, and the guy had nothing done, had destroyed like 20% of our materials, had two pieces of fabric sewn together, and I'm like, what have you been doing? He's like, oh, no, no, no. I was like, this is like a man in his 60s that owns his factory, and they're running, making good stuff. And I'm like, did you just procrastinate the whole time? He's like, well, yeah, kind of. And like, I'm like losing my mind because we have a Kickstarter going. We have, you know, at this point, like $15,000 in sales. And I'm like, okay, we're going to have to deliver something. So anyway, I ended up letting him go. And I had some companies in China reach out to me, uh, two companies. One was partly owned by a man in London and another one was a Chinese national. And he, is how you say that? Chinese national? It sounds like, I don't know. Anyway, so he, he, they had been talking to me and I was like, well, I guess this is it. Like we're going to have to do it. So the Kickstarter ended like two days after I'd left for China. So I had my buddy Aldo who's in here filming. You'll see him on the video and some other people kind of running the back end stuff. Well, I went to China and I did a little tour of several factories. And from the moment I stepped, I had to buy a plane ticket, but from the moment I stepped on that soil, that country, they picked me up, took me to the factory, fed me, bedded me for free, like lodging, food, everything, made four prototypes within like three, two to three days, shipped, paid to send me to a competitor factory then paid for me to come back like and I met with that so everyone was taking care of me lodging everything and you know a lot of these guys like there's maybe there's a general population that speaks English but it's usually the younger generation and the people are actually selling were probably our age you know 27 or a little bit older um, maybe a little bit younger and I showed them the product they took it apart and within like the first two hours of being there they were already making actual product so these guys in the U.S. like four months are you kidding me? Like, I, I made one, and I'm the worst seamstress in the entire earth. Like, so it was, it was quite eye-opening experience. You know, you can get ripped off anywhere, but I have this thing where, you know, if you're, if you're building relationships with people over in China, like, I know one of the manufacturers, his daughters, like, little toddlers, like, he sends me pictures of them. Like, we talk two or three times a day. It turned into another business opportunity where we can take pictures and videos for some of the products they sell. You know, I think the best pad protection is the relationship you have with them. Some people will rip you off. It's not a matter of, you know, if, but when. 
Um, so the way you mitigate that, yeah, you can try to do the paper stuff, but people are more willing to offer, um, to respect like a friendship more than a piece of paper, I think. So, and then just to kind of wrap up the story there, the reason why we do what we do is going back to the Philippines experience I was talking about, I went over there, it changed my life radically in terms of knowing what business and entrepreneurship was. And even more importantly, like spiritually, um, it changed my life to where I realized that there was more to life than just, you know, making a buck, um, being able to give back. So in for the past two years, I've been going to Papua, Indonesia, and there's this island in Indonesia that's half New Guinea owned and half um, Indonesian owned. And there's 500 languages plus on this island of people groups that have never even been reached before. So we sponsor the building of jungle schools and jungle chapels up in these mountains. Um, we've been able to help build one school so far. And it's an amazing place because if you imagine like this island, we land in the lowlands, we get in this PC-12, which is like an aluminum airplane that amazingly enough can fly. We fly and land on this like strip, this airstrip that's running uphill. And then... Um, when we land, you have to like full throttle the engines instead of slowing down to pull yourself to the top and then cut them off. So then we stop the plane doors open and kids and everybody like the generation behind doesn't even wear clothes still. Like they literally wear gourds on their genitals and the women wear little grass skirts and everyone's naked and it's a good time. Um, but we hiked in this stuff and building these schools and chapels, like that's the, what gives us the passion. Like, you know, why are we doing what we do? And it's not just to make awesome outdoor gear, but it's to, help bring the world into a new standard of living and education, anything. That's my rant. So um, I know you said that you guys are still pretty, you know, kind of jumping into this. So what do you see for the future of Sway? For the future of Sway, so uh, many, many things. Um, so right now we have two products, the Primus and the Ira. The Primus is synthetically insulated. Um, uses like a polyester type of sponge-ish material that keeps you warm. That's 5.1 pounds. And then the Ira is a two-pound lighter system. So it's 3.1 pounds. It's insulated with down feathers and comes with a rain fly. So we have these two products that we're starting with, and we want to continue to grow those as like our cash cow and then bridge out from that. And we have other product ideas, um, a, like a special kind of sleeping bag, a special type of... Um, like rain fly, like other cool stuff like that. And we want to continue to branch out and do other different type of products in the outdoor industry. And as we grow that, you know, I was on the way over here, I was actually thinking like, you know, cause I'm able to do this picture and video stuff for the guys in China. And I've done some graphic design work for another company and kind of used Sway as the avenue so that, you know, taxes, everything works out. It would be really awesome to have Sway just do a bunch of things that's focused on outdoor. Um, you know, start with products. We could do some services and other things like that. So to be honest, I don't have like a real formulated answer. Like we'll continue to build products and connect with people. But, you know, it's an open book, an open journey. I'm not opposed to pivoting at any moment to, you know, make it more of a reality. So what would you say is at this moment, because it's consistently going to change, is the greatest lesson that you've learned of being a an entrepreneur and just following this passion and this dream of yours you know as you mentioned like you went to school and then you finished school but like this is what you're focused on and what you're doing like one thing that you would say at this moment is the uh, greatest lesson and experience you've learned thus far that's hard and I may even say two okay um the first one I would say is oh man that's hard which one of these would I put first I would say the first one is probably your net worth is equal to your network so your network is your net worth um I wouldn't have been able to be here even having this conversation with you guys you know the great Vaynermedia um 
if it weren't for all of the people along the way. You know, when I've given several entrepreneurship talks to younger audiences, and one thing I always say is like, you know, pretend like you got a million dollars in the bank because it's not necessarily the money that gets stuff done, it's the people that get stuff done. You know, the money is the avenue of which you can entice someone to come and help you. But if you have that relationship, like, you, it's surprising... And not, I guess it is still kind of surprising to me how much people are willing to do if you're candor with them, is you know, they're open and you're able to just tell them a little bit of your story. So many people want to help. So that would be the first one. And the second one, um, which is, I don't even know if I want to say it's of lesser importance, but it's to persevere patiently. Uh, for me, I talked about it earlier, like I tend to make decisions really quickly. I think with a little reflection, being self-aware is huge. Gary Vee's always preaching that, right? Like being self-aware, and it's totally true. Like I've experienced it in so many ways. The more self-aware you are, you can step back and see, okay, maybe I should wait, you know, at least 24 hours before making this supplier decision or something. Um, and as you continue to push forward and persevere, like giving yourself a little bit of time to reflect and make those decisions and getting wisdom from others, um, that's huge. So persevere patiently. So there's two things, and we'll see if we're on the same uh, brain wavelength, Henley and I. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first is, one, uh, where can people find more about Sway, and where do you want them to head to like learn more about you? And then two, we have a tradition that we like to do um, mm. that – um, within our office here in, in Chattanooga um, that we've brought with us every single it, time to the studio. Is it studio. laminating? Who told you? I listened to the podcast. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I guess it's not a secret anymore. Huh? Oh, well. Cat's oh. out the bag. Um, but, yes, it is the condiment question. So, first, where can people find you and learn yeah. more? Um, and then we'll go on to the next question. Yeah. So, uh, if you want to find out about us, check over to our, go to our website, um, swayhammocks.com so it's S-W-A-Y-Y H-A-M-M-O-C-K-S dot com and we're on all social media, Snapchat, Twitter Instagram, Facebook it's just, you know, whatever that is twitter.com slash or Facebook slash swayhammocks, two Ys Sweet, do you have a MySpace? No, we don't have a MySpace yeah. actually, does that even exist anymore? Is that really a thing? Traffic. Like it. Five? That was before my time, so is it really? How old no, are you? we're not even. No, no, no. We're gonna go straight into the condiment <laughs> so, question. We're not even. Gonna, nope. All right. So, as you are very familiar with the condiment question, so you let's say you have five condiments that shoot out of each one of your five fingers. Mm. Dispense. They can shoot forcefully. I would say. Okay. Mm-hmm. Forcefully. However, you, that's a superpower, then, right? Yeah, that's what <laughs> I think of it as. So, if you had five condiments to shoot out of your five fingers. Which condiments would they be? Out of my thumb here, I would have to say probably ketchup because ketchup. Let, let's be real. Right. Um, Any specialties? Are we talking about like good old traditional? No, it's like, st- well, none of that high fructose corn syrup junk. Okay. Like, give me some organic, like, I can eat this instead of my tomatoes. Got it. All like, right. Solid. Some organic I'm, I'm, ketchup. I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit, I lean toward Heinz, I have to say. Okay. Just the thickness of it. It's great. There's probably high fructose corn syrup. But anyway. Uh, ketchup. The next one I would, if this is a condiment, I hope it is salsa, like chunky, mild or, or medium, probably mild salsa. Now, well, I guess we should make a point. Um, and if you've listened to the podcast, you've heard this. You can say whatever. There may be judgment, but you can say whatever you consider <laughs> to be a condiment. We've had very extensive discussions in our office about this. We could almost write a couple of research papers on it. Mm. So back to the salsa. Now, is this like 
fresh homemade or are we talking about oh, yeah. some nice fresh homemade okay. like there's what is that brand i don't remember it's like fresh salsa that you can get at, at walmart sometimes they have some at aldi too but it's like really chopped up nice tomatoes onions a little bit of jalapeno oh it's mm. okay it's great so that one um honey mustard would probably be my third but like the subway honey mustard like that stuff is I'm legit. With you. Yeah, good. I don't know what's in there's it. There's some other honey mustard that I've tried out there that's just, just not that great. Yeah, it's not that great. Or they try to get a little bit fancy and they put some horseradish in there. And, no, mm, no, 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 no. None can't, of that. Mm, can't do that. Gagging on the cast. Um, man, that's hard because I don't use condiments that much. My wife, so she's like a health nut, and whenever I use like, I have my fifth, fourth one. But whenever she uses, or whenever I use it, she's like, "Honey, you could probably use a little less. It'd be okay." I would say this, I think this is a condiment because I eat it with so many things. Peanut butter. Hmm. I was thinking you were going to say hot sauce, but okay. No, peanut butter because on any type of fruit in my smoothies, I'll even eat it well, I eat like peanut butter, banana, pickle type deal. Surprisingly good. It's a Southern thing. It's a <laughs> Southern thing. But not just like that cheap Jiffy stuff. Like we're talking... Smuckers, all natural, oil on the top. You mix that junk, you throw it on an apple, and it's just like I could eat the whole thing in 20 so minutes. So really important distinction, crunchy or smooth? Crunchy. So yeah, I'm assuming on. you're the one who just takes a big scoop and just plops it on an apple, not even just like spreads it. No, out. I don't spread. I like take the apple and put it in the jar. Like we're going to dunk that thing like a chicken nugget. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm vegetarian. <laughs> <laughs> Veggie uh, nuggets. Yeah. So, and then fifth one. Man, that is hard. I don't even know that many condiments. Barbecue sauce. Did I say that? Nope. You haven't. What kind of barbecue sauce? A honey smoked barbecue. It is good. Yeah. My mom used to make these really good, I don't even know what it's called, but some kind of veggie meat that she would bake with that over top of it. And I would eat so many of them. Mm. I wonder, I think, I think I know. Like fried chick or something? Fried chick or scallops? Scallops and fried fried chick. chick. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Good stuff. Sweet. Yeah. Check it out. You, so yeah, it's now it's laminated. <laughs> Judge me. If that's it, we're laminating it. Done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, awesome. Well, we really appreciate you taking the time out of your schedule and joining us today. For um, sure. Thanks for the invitation. Telling us a little bit more about both like your story, your passion, and about Sway with two eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, appreciate everyone listening today and always. And we hope that you continue to join us and to journey with us as we leave our teens and move into our young adult years soon enough. (laughs) So yes, come back and join us. And as always, stay fresh, stay funky, and uh, find your passion. Goodbye. Thanks to the team from Sway Hammocks for jumping in with us and teaching us all about their business. Now we're on to the creator portion of our show. I'm sitting here today with Phil McLean. How you doing, Phil? I'm doing pretty good, bro. How you doing? Doing very well. Thank you very much. So if you've been following Made in Chattanooga, you've heard us interview a bright young man named Suevo from a burgeoning young team called The Flock out of Chattanooga. And Phil is but uh, the, latest gr- the latest member of that team to be dropping music this week here in Chattanooga. Is that right, Phil? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Very cool, man. So, so tell us a little bit about your backstory, about who you are, what you're trying to do, and, um, and then we'll talk about what you're dropping tomorrow. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, I'm Phil McLean, and I'm, I'm an R&B artist. So you're originally from this area. You're originally from Ottawa, right? 
Uh, yes, sir. From the Chattanooga area. Got it. Cool. Actually, not from Uruwa. Actually, from the foot of the mountain, like Saint Elmo. But Saint Elmo. I actually, just went to Uruwa High School. Got it. Very uh, good. Yeah. Cool. Cool. So, uh, so growing up in Chattanooga, and we talked a little bit about this earlier. Mm-hmm. You come from a very music focused family. Is that oh, right? Oh yeah. Yes, sir. Mom, so, what was that like? Yeah. Yeah. So, mom and dad both music majors. Uh, my mom has like six sisters. They actually had like a like a female like band growing up. So, <laughs> that, yeah. So, literally, all my aunties can awesome. sing. Uh, it runs like my mom, my dad's uh, parents are singers, and all of my siblings are singers. Uh-huh. And I feel like it was just something I was kind of born with, just like a musical ear, right. just kind of you know you hear it, you know, right. pitch awareness things like that. Yeah. So yeah, strong music background. Yeah. And then how did uh, how did you kind of take that? And um, I know you played football a lot growing up. And that was oh, kind of yeah. like that was my what first jumped off. Oh yeah, that was my first love for sure. Mm-hmm. I always kind of had the ability to sing, like I kind of knew I had it. But Got it. I was just too into sports, man. Yeah. Like I didn't really As care to pursue growing music. young men are, yeah, right. Right. And yeah. I didn't really start to pursue music until after, you know, I was finished with football. Got it. So cool. it just it was right on time. Yeah. And that was when you were in college, correct? Yes, sir. I played uh high school, college level. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a little bit in college. So, so what what would you say was the catalyst that kinda took you to go from football all in onto music? Well, I didn't uh I didn't get to play out my four years at uh Carson. Got I mean, I would have liked to finish, but uh I found myself I had dropped out of school, um, found myself not doing anything and music mm-hmm. was just like a safe haven. Yeah. And it was just like a, something I found comfort doing. It was just it just felt right to do it and create. Yeah, and it was always something you've been doing, correct? Yeah, and right. I just when I stopped playing football I had a lot more time to focus on it. Good. So going back to pre football, how you got into music coming from a very musical family. Mm-hmm. You kind of got started with the flock guys, and even before you started singing or, or putting out your own singing, yeah, is is you were producing and engineering yourself. Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I what, actually. What, how did that get started? Yeah, yeah. So I actually started using um, the same production software that I use now. I started using it when I was ten years old. <laughs> yeah, uh, FL Studio. I started on on like FL Studio Five. Started off making beats. Right. Uh, and then the first time I like actually ever recorded myself, I was actually up at school. Okay making beats and yeah. i was like you know it's the same thing the way you uh, mix your uh, your beats and your different track outs and your beats you know it's the same thing with vocals so i was like you know i thought i'd record something and you know try to mix it the same way i do my beats yeah. i was like you know i don't sound too bad <laughs> yeah, i sound right. okay yeah. you know, i get some good feedback right. so really when i was in college i started to like record which is funny you know i you know dropped out and i was like yeah. i had this uh this work this catalog of music that i recorded in college so. uh-huh. And I started to release it, you know, once I dropped out and I was getting good feedback on it. Yeah. And that's kind of how I got into it. So what was that catalog like compared to what, what you're currently getting ready to put oh, out? Oh, super raw for sure. Yeah? Yeah, it was the beginning stages, okay. man. It was, it was rough. <laughs> I, like, I would never put any of that old stuff out. I, like, nobody will ever hear it probably. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, yeah, it's the yeah it's starting point. Got it. Start somewhere. Excellent. Cool. So um, we're going to hear two songs from you today. Yeah. Juice. Yes, sir. And Saturday afternoon. Juice and sa- Saturday. Saturday. Yeah. Juice and Saturday. Saturday. Yes, sir. Saturday. Yeah. Awesome. So what, what are the two stories behind those songs? Let's see. I'll give you, well, Saturday, um, it was just when I started to move or started coming around the flock house. And I had actually known Swaybo mm-hmm. before the flock house. And, um, Swavo has this producer that he, you know, gets beats from regularly. Mike Stallone, he made right. the track to Saturday. Okay. And Mike Stallone sent him the beat. And Swavo didn't really feel like it was a good fit for him, so he sent it to me. And I, and when I heard it, I was like, it's just one of those tracks that make you feel good. You yeah. Know? I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to write a banger to this. 
and you know i wrote a banger to it and, yeah and that saturday man it actually i actually wrote that song like going on two years ago now it's, wow. it's like a year and a half yeah a little over a year and a half old and now we're just about to release it into the world so so that's coming out for our audience today yeah. is the fifth that's yes, dropping sir. the sixth yes tomorrow, sir tomorrow correct? yeah yeah that's right so this podcast is right on time that's right where will we be able to find juice saturday all the other film mclean stuff on every streaming platform and including soundcloud also including soundcloud yeah. yeah very cool very cool so what can we expect we got juice and saturday coming out the flock is continuing to put out new projects we had suevo's project drop we had smaz project drop your projects dropping what else can we expect from you from the rest of the guys as well as you're continuing to just iterate and create here in chattanooga well, yeah, I want to uh, continuously put out singles leading up to a project. We have other flock artists that are, that also have projects coming, like uh, Elijah, mm-hmm. his name's Suevo, Smathers. Yep. And everybody has, like, unbelievably, like, incredible, uh-huh. like, work. Right. And I think everybody's going to drop projects this year. Good. And I'm a fan of everybody now. As, as, you, as you should be, because yeah. your fingerprints, and I think this is something that a lot of people overlook, and I yeah. want to talk about this for a little bit, your fingerprints are all over these tracks, right? Yeah, I, I, I touch a lot of the people's tracks in the house. I'm a mixing engineer also, uh-huh. Got it. as I might have said before or not. But uh, yeah, I, I touch most of the people's vocals in the house. Excellent. You know? Yeah. Very cool. That's great. Moving on from there, um, we talked a little bit about this, and I think this was something that was interesting as well. Mm-hmm. As you've been responsible for producing a lot of the um, a lot of the background or a lot of the engineering for what's coming out of the Flockhouse, we talked a little bit about this this Chattanooga sound. Hmm. I want to hear from you, kind of like we talked a lot about, about samples, a lot about loops and stuff. Like, what is this Chattanooga sound that you feel is kind of developing out of what you guys are doing and what else is coming out of Chattanooga? Because I think you guys are really kind of responsible for a lot of that too. Yeah, I mean, when I when I think about the Chattanooga sound, I think of southern soul and like live instrumentation like okay. combined. Yeah. And it like has a bounce. But yeah. the live instrumentation is like very important. Like that's kind of, that's like the Chattanooga and it's like this flavor and like bounce mixed with this live instrumentation mm-hmm. is just like flavorful. Like yeah. this is Chattanooga sound. I it's love it. like a rich sound. When I when I think of an artist and and like I think of like Tut. When I think of like the Sat- the Chattanooga sound, right? I think he did a good job of capturing the Chattanooga sound, just yeah. like with the live instrumentation mm-hmm. and the soul mm-hmm. and the the quality of music. Good stuff. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. So Phil McLean and the Flock. Anything else we should expect? Know hear from you. We're gonna look forward to the sixth with Saturday and Juice dropping. Yeah, Juice drop actually drops on the twenty seventh and Saturday okay. on the sixth. And from then on, I want to, you know, actually, I plan to put out music like every two weeks, two Good. to three weeks. Good. So it'll be a, a constant flow of content. Like Awesome. Yeah. Good stuff. For sure. From here on out. It's been about two years since I dropped music. You know, I've been just trying to build my catalog and make sure, you know, when I do present myself to the world, that it's done the right way, you know. You sound like it's you're ready to jump off. It's ready to happen. Yeah, I'm, I'm ready, bro. I'm yeah, waiting, yeah. waiting too long. Good dude. stuff. <laughs> Juice coming out July 6th. Juice, yeah. That's right. Well, thanks to Phil McLean. This was me in Chattanooga. I, I heard in Southern California it don't rain But every time I come around and see this change Every time I come around they need a train, yeah I'm just a jiggy young nigga, I got my right That's on my night, yeah I put that on my night, yeah 
That's on my chain, yeah. I put that on my chain, yeah. That's on my chain, yeah. I put that on my chain, yeah. I'm in a line, switching lines, I'm spilling train, yeah. Shawty telling me I got the juice right now. I been had to chill when I was struggling, I was down. My partner told me, grab her, she got friends from out of town. I be a wingman, give it in gala, baby. Say you play hard to get. Look who you playing with, look who you laying with. I'm smooth, operator, come suit you, I do you. Call him up, I'm like, I did something to you. Now you just stressing, I'm really just cool. Just like I know it, this ain't nothing new to Joe. I saw in California, it alright. But every time I come around and see this change. Every time I come around, they need a train, yeah I'm just a jiggy young nigga, I got my right, yeah. That's on my name, yeah, I put that on my name, yeah That's on my chain, yeah, I put that on my chain, yeah That's on my game, yeah, I put that on my game, yeah I'm in the line, switching lines, I'm spinning What is that love? Everybody move when a nigga say jump I'ma roll up as soon as I wake up Labels wanna find me and sign me They gon' have to buy me West Coast streaming when I'm riding I might get the sliding Yeah, yeah, it's all about the timing, yeah Lately I've been scheming something crazy I'm stressing but I'ma be alright Really I'm just cool and I get that from my daddy That's what I'm doing Y'all ain't really on it, playing a chronic I just get that feeling, it's ironic I feel like I want it, but I go with Tony Every day a celebration, when you want it Know I long I waited for this moment Now I'm about to own it And I ain't never looking back at these broke bars. When it's time to go do it, you gotta do it, baby Working with the game, we gon' get it alright Working on my name, they gon' know it alright Every day feel like a Saturday Every morning after Feels like Sunday afternoon Every day feel like a Saturday, yeah